Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, when you look at the life of Jesus... You can't but be amazed at who he is. You can't but be amazed at his compassion, his willingness to be there for people, to help people, to, to touch their lives in, in every area from, from either the spiritual darkness that they're in to the physical darkness of the, the ailments that they're struggling with, even to the point of wanting to deal with the stuff of their lives to bring forgiveness. You can't help but be amazed with Jesus. I mean, anybody who looks at his life, even people who are skeptical of Christ say that he had, his teachings are amazing, his love is amazing, and, and they, they find it significant about following Jesus. You can't but be amazed about Jesus. And some of you, at some point in your life, made a decision to follow him. Do you know what I mean by that? You made a decision to be a follower of Jesus. And all that he's asking of you. Now, for I'll just be honest with you, though, in our culture today, in our church culture today, we've kind of lost what that means. For a lot of us, it simply means I'm going to heaven, and that's all it means. Well, that's a component of it. That's not all of it, though. We're kind of confused. But we do know this. He is amazing. And we know that he loves us. So what we want to do today is, is talk about what I would call the indifference. The indifference that we struggle with in understanding what it truly means to follow Jesus. Because what we're going to see today, we're going to, he, we're going to, we're going to look at a glimpse from an incident from Jesus' life where he calls Matthew, who would later be one of the apostles, to follow him. We're going to look at that and the impact that that call had on Matthew's life and what he did with that. So let's talk about the indifference for a moment. A couple of things I want you to see here is first, first of all, the concept of following Jesus is lost to us. The concept of following Jesus is lost to us. If, if I were to say to you, if I were to go around the room and, and I had a microphone and we would have it, and I'm not going to do this, okay? But if I did, if I was to go around to you and ask you this one simple question, what does it mean to follow Jesus? We would have, we would have a hundred different answers. Just being flat out honest with you. Because for some of you, following Jesus is the time you spend in prayer. For some of you, it, it's evangelism. For some of you, it's Bible study. For some of you, you would, you would, you would say something else or, and I don't even have any clue. Some of you have so many different answers, so many different concepts, and I would be like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. Wow. Wow, that one's really good, you know. Because we've kind of lost what it means to follow Jesus. We've lost that concept. And, 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 and some of it, can I be honest with you, the responsibility for losing that concept isn't necessarily yours. It's mine. It's preachers. Because, we, you know, if you've been in church a long time, 
you've probably had many different pastors in your life. And every pastor is different, right? And the emphasis of every pastor is different. And what they, what they emphasized is different. And, and so then when they're gone, another one comes along and he's emphasizing something different than the other guy did. And so with that, we get kind of clouded in our minds with just something simple as, what does it mean to follow Jesus? Here's the second thing I want you to see about the indifference. That results in a lack of concern for the salvation of others. That results in a lack of concern for the salvation of others. I want you to hear me. If you're confused in your mind, if you have it kind of wishy-washy in your mind about what it means for you to follow Jesus in every aspect from what it is to do what he's asking you to do, from what it is to understanding the benefits of that, the forgiveness of your sins, being rescued from an eternity in hell, being accepted by Christ in spite of you. If, if you are fuzzy about that, that's going to reflect over into, because you've lost that concept of following Jesus, that's going to reflect over into your concern for other people around you and whether or not they know Jesus. Did you understand what I'm saying? Because if you haven't fully grasped it yourself, why would I be concerned if I have a family member who doesn't know Jesus? Why would I be concerned for my best friend who I go fishing with all the time or hunting with or going on this trip or another? Why would I be concerned for them about whether or not they know Jesus? Because I, I haven't got the grasp of what it is to follow him. I'm a follower, but what does that mean? Well, then I don't really understand why they need to, why they need to have them. Did you understand what I'm saying? You lose it. You just don't have, are lost about the concept. You, you don't have a lack of concern for others. We're indifferent. And a lot of it has to do with, are you listening to me? Because we don't truly understand what it means to follow Jesus and what he's done for us. I'm going to be flat out honest with you. So that brings us to our passage. That brings us to verse 9. We're going to look at verses 9 through 13, where we're introduced to Matthew. One of the other Gospels call him Levi. Gospel of Matthew here, he calls himself Matthew. So look with me. Look at verse 9. We're going to see what it is to leave everything all behind. Leave all behind. Look with me at verse 9. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office. Okay, so he's a tax collector. And he said to him, follow me. And he arose and followed him. And now it happened that as Jesus sat at the table in the house, that behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus heard that. He said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what it means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. What we're going to do, folks, is we're going to take these few verses and we're going to divide them into two sections. We're going to look, first of all, at the call. I mean, it's just a simple call, but there's so much there that you and I need to grasp about what it means to follow Jesus. And then we're going to look at the personal impact. Do you think Jesus had a personal impact on Matthew? 
We're going to see that. And it didn't just impact him as far as the concept of following him. It impacted him so much so that he was concerned about who? Others around him who were just like him. So we're going to see that. So let's look at the the call. It's very interesting. Just a simple, simple two words. Look with me at verse 9. Jesus passed by from there, and he saw a man named Matthew sitting in the tax office. And Jesus said to him, follow me. And he arose and followed him. Here's what I want you to see. First of all, Jesus' call is very simple. Very simple. It's not complicated at all. It's the simple call that came to you and I. Follow me. In fact, it may not have even been that. It's a simple call like this. Believe me. Have faith in me. Trust me. Follow me. It's a simple call. It was a simple message that you responded to. I'll be honest, it wasn't complicated. Didn't have a whole lot of conditions. You know, you know what I'm saying? Follow me, but also you got to do all this, this, that, and another. It was a simple call. It was a simple message to you. Believe in him. Follow him. Jesus' message was very simple. Very simple. Follow me. That's all he said. We have no record whatsoever that Jesus had any other contact with Matthew before this point. And so there he is. He's walking through town. Here's this guy. He's in a tax booth. So let me just explain to you a little bit about their system of taxes. A little bit. Aren't you glad? I know you don't like tax collectors, but you wouldn't really like these guys. What they did was is this. Rome wanted would tax its provinces and its empire. And what they would do to make sure they got their money is this is that they would put up for bid the right to tax in an area. So a guy would buy the right, he would outbid others to buy the right to tax the people in an area. So that guy would get the right to tax. So then what he would do is, is that Rome would say to the now the tax collector, this is how much taxes I want you to collect. I want you to collect, let's say, I want you to collect $5 a person. That's the tax, $5 a person. Now what they did was, this is how the Romans did it to make sure they got their money. You can add on to that any amount that you need for yourself. Okay, so let's say, we're going to pick on Brad here for a moment, okay? Let's say Brad bid big. And he got the right to tax everybody in Kerwitzville. And the Roman government comes along and says, Brad, we need five dollars per person, but you can put ever what you want to on that. Brad says, okay. Seven fifty. Seven fifty is what I need. Now, there's too many people in Kerwinsville for Brad to collect all those taxes from, so he hires people under him. Now, how he pays those people under him is that they add onto the tax as well. So now the tax to the Romans, because it would be the Roman tax, is now, are you ready for this? 850. So the Romans get their five. The guy at the booth gets his one. Brad gets his 250. Because he's got an investment. He, he's the one who bid for this right. He's got to pay that off, you know? Now, you know that that's the system. You're the taxpayer. You know that you only need to pay $5. 
but the tax is $8.50. How would you feel? Would you be happy? Would you like to go out to eat with Brad? I'll give him a knuckle sandwich. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you think they would be hated and despised in the community? So here he is. He's in the, here's, here's Matthew. He's not the tax collector. He's a lower level tax collector working for the tax collector. And here comes Jesus. And he makes a simple call. Follow me. See, Jesus' call is very simple. Follow me. And a lot of us have responded to that. Here's the second thing I want you to see. However, its implication is life-changing. This is where we get confused. This is where we get confused. The call is simple. But the implication of the call, that's life-changing. Did you understand what I'm saying? That's life-changing. And so for Matthew, what it meant for him, if you look at verse 9, Jesus issued a call. Here's what it said Matthew did. He got up and he left the tax booth. Folks, it isn't just that he decided to just follow Jesus to wherever Jesus was having coffee that day. The implication of the text is, is he walked away. Are you ready from this? He walked away from his job. He walked away from what was bringing money into his life to follow Jesus. You think that's a life change? You better believe it. Do you know what I'm saying? You better believe it. See, this is what I think is missing today a lot. A lot of us, we want to come to Jesus and follow him, but we want to take all of our stuff with us. We want to have the same attitudes and the same problems that we are carrying with us and not expect anything to change because he accepts me for who I am. I can just keep doing what I want to do. That's not the point here. The point is, is when you follow Jesus, this is what's missing with us. Something changes in your life. And it's not behaviors. It's your life changes. See, here's, here's the point. I want you to write this down. Christianity is not about behavior modification. It's about transformation. Let me say that again. Christianity is not about behavior modification. It's about transformation. See, so oftentimes we think Christianity is about doing the right stuff, changing my behaviors. No, folks. Christianity is about transformation, about your life changing, and therefore then your behaviors change. Do you understand? Is you get a new heart, a new way of thinking, and then your behaviors change. It's not that you change your behaviors. How many times have we met people that try to change their behaviors and they couldn't do it so they just left church? It's because you're transformed. The call is simple, but the implication is life-changing. Here's the other thing I want you to see about the call. It's a call to leave the old life behind. Here's what I want you to understand about the call. It's simple. 
When Jesus calls you to follow him, when Jesus gave that call to me years ago, when he gave that call to you years ago, he was basically saying, I am who I say I am. And I am offering you a new life. I am offering you forgiveness. I am offering you an eternal relationship with a God. I am offering you a whole new life before you. Now you've got to make a choice. It's not just simply believing that I am. It's following me. And you've got to make a choice. Are you going to continue in the same old way, same old pattern, same old thinking? Or are you going to make the choice to follow me? Because you can't have both. See, here's the problem, folks. Here's the problem. You want to write this down? Here's the problem. The problem is, is we want both ways. We want to have forgiveness, but we also want to do whatever we want to do. We say forgiveness is free. Yes, forgiveness is free. But here's the thing. It's sort of like marriage is free, right? Well, no, it's not, George. you got to pay for a wedding and all that. No, no, marriage is free. You find a gal and you make a decision to marry her. And it's free. But now something's got to change, right? You just can't leave your underwear laying around wherever you want to as you were when a single, right? Do you know what I mean? You can't just hog the whole bed. It was free. Now, we see, we understand that. Following Jesus has its implications. You enter into a relationship with him. But something's got to change. It's a call to leave the old life behind. It's a call to leave the old life behind. So notice now, this is what Matthew does. Jesus, too simple, follow me. Man, he gets up, he leaves that life. Folks, you've got to understand. Think about your dream job. Think about the dream pay. You know, you, know, you guys fantasize about, boy, if I was getting paid this. If I was living here. Think about turning your back on all that and heading in a direction following Jesus and you have no clue what's ahead of you. That's what Matthew did. But I want you to see, that had an impact on him. That had a tremendous impact on him. Why? Because the other Gospels tell us Matthew doesn't get into the intricacies of the story as much but the other Gospels tell us that he threw a party at his place. And he invited all of his friends. Guess who all of his friends would be? Other tax collectors. Because nobody else likes them. And other sinners, meaning people who wouldn't be accepted. He throws a party. They're all there. Jesus is there with them. Why? Because he's impacted. There's a personal impact in his life because of this gospel, because he decided to follow Jesus. And so here's what I want you to see about the personal impact. Look with me at verse 10 through 13. Now what happened is Jesus sat at the table in the house that behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard that, he said, 
Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Three things I want you to see here. Number one, the impacted life wants others to meet Jesus. First thing Matthew does. He throws a party so all his friends can meet who? Jesus. See, when you decide and you understand and you turn your life and God transforms you, you want other people to know who? Jesus. So let me ask you a question. Do you want them to know Jesus? Now, wait, you don't have to ponder that for a while. Because either the answer is this. Obviously, the answer is all of us is yes, right? Yes, George, I want them to know Jesus. But here's the thing. Aside from me asking that question, for many of us here, we didn't give any thought to it. It really didn't matter to us whether or not they knew Jesus. Because, hey, we can still hang with them. Hey, we can still eat a cheeseburger with them. Hey, we can still go fishing with them. I can still go shopping with them. I can still laugh with them. I can still cry with them. But as far as any concern about whether or not they know Jesus, what does that say about us? See, the impacted life, the life that's impacted by the relationship with Jesus, I'm going to be honest with you, the life that's impacted because you met Jesus wants others to meet Jesus. Wants others to meet Jesus. Here's the second thing I want you to see here. Here's the second thing. Jesus' focus is not on respectability. So the religious people... Somehow they got wind of the party and maybe they got invited too because Matthew, I mean, think about it. I mean, they hate the tax collectors, but they're there at the party. They're at the party and they, they, they ask his disciples, why does your teacher eat with the tax collectors? Why does he eat with the sinners? Why? Because they, in their mind, that's totally disrespectful to be hanging out with those kind of people. Here's the wonderful thing. Aren't you glad for this? Jesus doesn't care about respectability. Isn't that awesome? Jesus doesn't care about respectability. And some of you should be thankful for that because if he did, you and I would not be saved. Did you understand what I'm saying? I would, George. Well, no, not you too, okay? He doesn't care about respectability. I think we need to learn from that. I think you need to learn from that. Because here's the fact, folks. You're going to be rubbing shoulders with people tomorrow and today. Some of them you don't care for. Just trust you. There's going to be some people you don't care for. You're going to be somebody. You're going to be in Walmart later, and you're going to see something, somebody, and you're going to say, "I can't believe that they're like that." Yeah, but Jesus died for them too. 
And are you okay with them coming to Jesus? You should be. Are you concerned for them coming to Jesus? You should be. Do you know what I'm saying? You should be. Jesus' focus is not on respectability. That's, that's the impacted life. The impacted life realizes it's there for everyone. Here's the second, third thing. He's more concerned with sinners finding God's mercy. He's not interested in religious activities. He doesn't, he's not interested in how spiritual you act. He's not interested in any of that. What he's concerned about is, notice what he says, understand this meaning, I desire mercy more than sacrifice. What's he talking about there? He desires a merciful spirit that's concerned for the needs of others than all your religious acts. Isn't that interesting? He's more concerned about you being heartbroken over not just the five people that are close to you in your life, but being heartbroken of everybody that you come in contact with who doesn't know Jesus more than whether or not you volunteer at the church. More than whether or not you hold an office. More than whether or not you pray three times a day. Or read your Bible through in a year. God is more concerned about your desire for mercy than any of it. See, that's the impact of a, of a life that's met Jesus. So let me just get back, let me just bring it down to reality. Okay. You know, if we can look at our lives, okay, let's, let's just be frank here. If we can lay our lives out on the table, an examining table, lay our lives, our church out on a table, I would say that there is one area that we have got a problem in. What's that, George? What's the problem in? Here's what it is. We couldn't care less about people's lives and whether or not they're going to find Jesus. That's our problem. Because we're focused on tax time. I've got taxes to pay. Waiting for a promotion at work. Got this house project. Wonder what the garden's going to look like this year. Will the apple trees bud this year or will they get killed by the weather? What are we going to do for vacation? Oh, I know I got this attitude problem I need to adjust. My wife's been talking to me about, but I'll get over that. We're more concerned about all that other stuff than we're concerned about even the people that we love, whether or not they know Jesus. Isn't that true? we got to admit that. I'll admit it. And, we're, and, we're, and it's hurting us, not just in our individual lives for the people that are right around us that we're concerned. It's hurting us as a church. Because we're not broken for people, whether or not, and listen, I'm not talking about them becoming a Baptist. I'm not talking about them becoming a Presbyterian or becoming this, that, or another. I'm just talking about them meeting Jesus and being transformed by Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm not talking about whether or not they come in here with us or go somewhere else. I'm just talking about them meeting Jesus. And the reality is, is we're not concerned because we really haven't been impacted ourselves. Thank you for being with us this morning. 
And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.